Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful wonderful day. My name is Ollie Richards and this podcast is all about language learning. I answer your questions about all things related to language learning. Over 400 episodes now, you know, so there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of questions have been answered over the years. Uh, so feel free to keep sending them through. You can send me questions to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash ask and I'll be happy to, to help you out with that. Now today we've got a very interesting guest and I am speaking with a bit of an enigma. Her name is Aletta Maslin and she is the woman behind a series of really, really great language websites. And you almost certainly have seen these websites if you've ever kind of searched around for stuff on the internet. She runs the websites which are called the French Experiment, the Italian Experiment, the Spanish Experiment and the German Project. And she's also working on something now called the Fable Cottage. And if you've seen these, what you will know that these are absolutely delightful sites which create bilingual stories for language learners. And they are the, the thing about her website is that they look absolutely gorgeous. I love just being on those websites. And also the content is also all based on stories with great illustrations, videos, and audio. I've always been uh, fascinated by by what by by. Well, I didn't know who it was originally. <laughs> I didn't know who a letter was, but I do now. I've got to speak. In fact, this is a world exclusive because this is the first podcast she's ever done. And so if you are interested in this, then uh, you're going to really enjoy this conversation. We talk about two things mainly. We talk about uh, learning with stories and how how stories, why she teaches with stories, um, how you can learn with stories. This kind of element will be familiar to you. But we also talk about creating stuff and creating projects with your languages. Because I'm a big believer in that there are so many uh, you know, possibilities out there, so many things that we can do with our languages. You don't have to just look for jobs which use languages. You can create your own stuff. This is obviously what I've done um, with my publishing business. But Aletta, as you'll hear in this interview, she just began all these websites and now she's, she's done wonderful things. She didn't have to do that. She is a self-starter. She decided to do it. And so if you're someone that's looking for uh, inspiration for things to do professionally with your languages, then you're going to enjoy this as well. So I think that's quite enough for me. Without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Aletta Maslin of thefablecottage.com. So Aletta, thanks so much for, for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Ali. Now, I've been, uh, I, was, I was telling you off uh, just before we hit record over here, that I've been a huge fan of, um, of, what, of your work with languages for years and years, even though I didn't know exactly who you were because you, you, um, you have all these fantastic websites, which we'll talk about, um, but you kind of, you, you let the websites do the talking. You're not like me who has, you know, needs to kind of splash his face over everything that, that, um, that he does. And so, but perhaps let's just begin before we get into all of that. Maybe you could just uh, tell us a little bit about your your background with with languages and your interest in languages. Well, I um, so I have five websites now. It's kind of like saying I have five children. Um, I have five websites based around languages. Um, they all kind of came about by accident. I don't actually have a strong background in languages. I've done a lot of traveling. 
Um, I have been awkward in, in various countries trying to speak words out of a, a phrase book, and I've half-heartedly tried to learn a bunch of them over the years. Usually it relates to the length of time that I, I dated the guy, um, and <laughs> then it stops after that. Um, but my background in making these, these language learning websites came about kind of, kind of by accident. Um, so I was learning, the, the very first one I made is, is the frenchexperiment.com and I was learning French at the time. And I, like I've been studying in these textbooks, I've been, you know, in these verb tables and conjugations and I felt like I've been studying for ages and I felt like surely, surely I must be able to understand something by now. Um, and I tried to like read some materials, some, some stories on the internet. This was back in 2008. So the internet was a bit of a, a desolate wasteland. Um, and I tried to, to read some material and it was just too difficult, too horrible. And the other thing that was happening was I was working for this company that taught people how to, I'm going to do little air quotes here, um, make money online by making these, these websites full of content that you put ads on and then, you know, make a bit of money kind of thing. Um, and I was writing the, the lessons for this at the time, sort of paraphrasing my boss and, and doing these things. And I felt a bit weird because I'd never actually done it myself. So I kind of, I put two and two together and I decided to build a website around French language learning because it would help me learn my French. It would help me learn how to, how to build these websites. It might make me a bit of money so that I can pay off my horrible credit card debt from all this traveling. Um, so I, and I, I sort of remembered this, this experience I had with trying to read some material in French and trying to listen to some material in French and it just it just wiped straight over me and it was so demoralizing and so I thought what if I made some some nice little you know fairy tales fairy tales you think would be really easy but when you try to read the original versions they're absolutely horrible so how about I make some nice easy ones record them put them on the internet we'll do some lessons we'll do some you know product reviews we'll put some ads on dot 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 profit um, that was the plan. That's how it all started. And um, it didn't quite work like that. <laughs> so I, I, I wrote my own version of uh, Little Red Riding Hood was my very first story. And I had a, a, I was fortunate enough to have a French speaking Belgian guy sleeping on my floor. I was very active in the couchsurfing community in Christchurch at the time. And so he, he translated it for me and he recorded it into my, my little MacBook with its garage band and a bit of tissue over the microphone to stop the plosive sounds. Um, and he made a little bit of music on his uh, guitar and we put it up on the internet and it was kind of like, ooh, when's the money going to start coming in? <laughs> and no, it didn't work like that. It, it, it was very slow to take off, but it was kind of the the start of that I started to see how much people really enjoyed the stories and the websites um, after a few years I decided to make an Italian version then I made a, a Spanish version and the last one I made was a German version and you can kind of see the the progression of my my skills as we go along the French one was the first it's the frenchexperiment.com oh I called it the French experiment because it was an experiment of course I was like will this even work? Who knows? Um, and the next one was the italianexperiment.com. Then there was the spanishexperiment.com. You see where I'm going with this. And the last one was the germanproject.com. Um, so you can take a look at those. They've still got my the original stories up there and you can sort of see where it all started. Um, and like throughout all of this, 
I the most popular content on the websites was always these these bilingual fairy tales that we made. So we got the the, the fairy tales, they got them translated into the language. We have these little parallel text with the English translation underneath that you can listen to. We get voice artists to do uh, horrible things, speaking extremely slowly. It must be so painful. <laughs> um, so we get them to do that. Um, and th these, these pieces of content were always just so well received and I'd get so many lovely emails from people all over the world. And around uh, 2018, I sort of thought, hmm, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could build an entire website based around these stories? And if, you know, people love these stories when they're free, maybe they'll, you know, give me just a little bit of money to keep making them. So this could be my dream job where I'm just writing stories and drawing pictures and doing, I don't know, silly animations and playing with music and voice and, and learning about languages. I thought that would be wonderful. So I, I built the Fable Cottage, which um, is all stories. We do French, Italian, Spanish, and German. We've got uh, 11 stories up there at the moment. And um, that's, that's been my latest adventure and sort of been plodding along and learning a bit of the language at the same time. And, and it's really interesting. That is, uh, there's so many things I want to ask you. I don't even know where to begin, but, but I mean, just sorry, a... I didn't even pause to take breath. <laughs> no, but that's, that's brilliant. Cause that's, that's painted the picture. I have to ask, first of all, what the German project was that because the German experiment.com was already taken. No, I got the German experiment.com, but I, I found that mm, uh, nasty things show up when you type in German experiment. Um, so I didn't oh, that really want so? to associate it with that. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yes. yes. Fair enough. All right, then. Well, moving swiftly on. Um, so the French experiment then that you began this in 2008. Did I hear that? Did I hear that right? Yes. Yeah. And one, one of the things, you know, I spend a lot of time um, kind of working with, uh, with, with, uh, with creators and entrepreneurs and things like that. And one of the, one of the things which, which comes up over and over again is that for people who want to kind of make who, who want to do things with, with their creativity, with their languages, with their skills. But one of the most important things is, is just to give it time and, and be consistent and not stop. Mm. You know? and I see so many people who kind of who, who want to create something in the world and they, and, they, and they demand success now. But actually, so much of the success of, of, of projects is a result of just not giving up and just sticking with it over time, a lot like languages, actually. And, and often mm. the reason is because because things take time to build up, but also you learn things along the way and you, a bit like you were, you, you said that, you know, your website worked out nothing like you expected uh, because, but you stuck at it long enough to be able to say, okay, maybe we should try this. And then maybe we try a bit of that and then, and try something a little bit different. So it, it's, I think it's, it's, it's great that, that you've been doing this for so long. And, and I, what I also like is the fact that you're combining skills because something I think about a lot, and I forget who, who said this, um, it's probably something that lots of people say. And in the future, I'm probably going to start saying that I, I said it or something. But it's the idea that... Why not? It's a, yeah, why not? People, you know, apparently Mark Twain said pretty much everything that they're... Nobody will remember. It's all right. I'll quote you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, there is the idea that, uh, you know, being, a, being great at one skill is obviously a great thing. But it's even more useful to be quite good at two skills because then you can combine them in a certain way. And so often hmm. one of the things that happens with language learners is that they, they get very, very, um, they, they treat languages as a, almost like a sacred cow um, to the point where, where 
they only want to talk about the kind of they take a very purist approach to language learning but actually the people that i see who are successful in in creating things in in the world are often combining two skills and in your case what you described was combining your kind of knowledge of how things work on the internet with with languages and you did that to create something that became super successful so i find that mm. i found that very interesting as well i want to ask you about stories because I, I don't know how much you know about uh, what we do here at, at Story Learning, but um, we basically everything we do is with stories, with books and courses and things like that. So I'm really curious to know, uh, to ask you about how you how you came up with this idea. So was there anything in particular about stories that 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 made you want to start a website about stories? Because I imagine it's not the most obvious thing to do from a, yeah. a, an internet perspective. It seemed really obvious to me, having you know tried to learn the the material that traditional way it just seemed like the the obvious step for me was to to try to read to some material and I, I assumed that I wouldn't understand everything there would be pieces that I didn't but that I would you know then be able to go off and and research these little bits or try to understand why they were like that and it would all sort of come together in a, in a lovely little lovely little hole um sorry what was the question again <laughs> why stories why stories i the thing with stories, I don't know, how good are you at remembering song lyrics? Pretty good, actually. Pretty good, me too. So I wonder if our brains are different, I'm not sure. But for me, stories have this um, tremendous ability to to pull things out of my memory. And it, it seems like a, like a storage structure, like a, a schema, like an architecture kind of thing. Um, like it's not just a jumble of sentences like you'd learn in a textbook or even, you know, a conversation that you'd memorize it or go through in a podcast or anything like that. It's a it's a beginning, it's a middle, it's an end. It's the the music that ties it all together. It's the tone of the the voice artist's voice that tells you what's going on. It's it's all these things that help you to to make strong connections between the the language and you know what's going on and and figure out what is happening. And it, it's just so much easier for me to comprehend um, and remember the material in that context. Um, I think there was one point where like, like I listen to my stories over and over and over and over again. So they do kind of take on the, the, the quality of a, of a really, you know, a song that you know really well, and you can just sing the whole word, you know, you might not know that, you know, all the words when you first start, but as soon as like that first, you know, first couple of sentences or first couple of words come in, you're singing along and it all like activates the, the rest of it as it goes along. And I find the same with stories. You start me off with once upon a time and, and, and I can sort of like, say the rest of the story as it goes along and I don't think you can do that with other kinds of material there's something about the stories that just yeah. makes it easier to store and retrieve I, I always like to say that that, that stories are like a, a, a language that we already have in common because there are only there are certain types of um you know there are the, people say there are seven types of plot uh, and every story is kind of a variation on on one of those seven types of plots and uh, yeah, but, but, hero's but, journey and well yeah exactly exactly the hero's journey things like that and so to, to a large extent you know if you tell a story you know, a love story or an adventure story we kind of already know what's going to happen in that story that was the, mm. the basic principle of it so you were kind of starting with a, with a common language and then we're kind of just mapping on the words and phrases and grammar of the of the foreign language onto that thing that we already understand so i, I think it's, mm. it's absolutely true and um 
and you, but you talked about kind of writing your own stories and doing your, your own illustrations as well. And I've got, I love this image of, of you sitting there with that. Was it French or Belgian? You said that, that guy, the couch surfing. Belgian. Yeah. Belgian. I yep. love the image of you, of you sort of sitting there in, in your apartment with this Belgian guy doing recordings and, and, and translating stuff because, um, because that is, um, that's how so many great projects start. You know, you have an idea and then you kind of call in a friend and you're like, hey, can you just help me do this and translate that and just record this little thing for me? And you kind of, I, just, I can just, I can see you guys there doing, doing exactly that. Uh, but tell me a bit about these, about the stories, because so the, the, the website is called The Fable Cottage. And as I understand it, that's a collection of stories from the various single language websites. Is that right? Um, they are they're mostly new ones. There are a couple that that cross over, but they are oh, okay. oh, sorry. The ones okay. that are on the Fable Cottage uh, and not on the other website. Yep. Okay. And so, tell me about these the the, the stories um, across the different websites. So, are you? I know you said that you rewrote Little Red Riding Hood. So, what what's your, what was your approach here? Are you are you taking existing old fairy tales, or are you rewriting them, or are you writing stories from scratch? So, um, like, I don't know if you've ever read the, the like original versions of some of these fairy tales, but they are pretty weird and pretty horrific. So what we do is we take, we take the, you know, the fairy tales that you know and love. A lot of times they've been sanitized by Disney. So it's already pretty, pretty safe. And we, we rewrite them in part to, to add more useful learning material, more useful vocabulary, um, you know, different items of clothing and things like that that would be useful. Um, in part, it is to to straighten out the weirdness, like the weird gender roles and and the horrific kind of happenings that are just a bit a bit strange in today's world. Um, sometimes it's it's because you sit there and you wonder, really, why why was the queen in Snow White so obsessed with being the most beautiful in the world? What what did it really matter to her? And you kind of just asking yourself, you're like, this doesn't make a very satisfying, you know, sense to me. So I will rewrite them to to add that kind of satisfying conclusion or satisfying plot um, to push my own agenda of just, you know, being nice and being kind, all these things, you know, and also just to make them a bit original and a bit more entertaining. There's also a lot of humor to be had, I think, in, in subverting what is expected from the fairy tales. Um, I really like to occasionally um, chuck in, I call it a technology bomb. It's like you're, you're living in this old fairy tale world, fairy tale world, fairy tale world, and then suddenly there's a dishwasher for some reason. And that just, <laughs> just tickles me so much. I laugh at my own, my own jokes. Um, it's very embarrassing. But yeah, just, we, just, we just tweak the stories to make them entertaining and satisfying and enjoyable for everybody, for all ages. Um, while still sticking close to reasonably close to the plot that you you know and love, um, I think sometimes people don't realize how much we've tweaked them, and that's 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 fine as well. They can I can be the canon version. That's okay. Yeah, I love this idea of of adding these little Easter eggs into the plot because because also it keeps people alert. You know, as they're reading, there's there's always a kind of a danger with fairy tales, I guess, or fables, and that you kind of know what's going to happen. And so, it's, yeah. is it, so there's a danger of, of tuning out, I guess. But if you see like that Snow White's got an iPhone or something, you know, you're, you're going <laughs> to... I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but dishwasher, absolutely. <laughs> the, the joke at the end, I don't know if anybody wants to tune out, this is spoilers. The joke at the end is that, you know, the prince has seen how much the dwarfs hate washing dishes. So he buys them all a dishwasher and then everybody lives happily ever after because that's exactly what you need to live happily ever after. 
Um, yeah, my dishwasher's just, broken at the moment, and it's um, my, in fact my dishwasher and my oh, microwave. Oh my god! Broke in the same week, so it's been it's been it's like wow, total, it's total like, lifestyle change. It's like the seventies or something. I don't know. It is. I've got I've, I've got now got to I've got to like plan forty minutes ahead so I can cook something in the oven rather than uh, rather than like the six minutes it takes in the microwave. Um, so yeah, you're gonna uh, appreciate it so much when it's back. You're gonna you're gonna soften so much butter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> So these, I mean, these little things here from a story writing perspective, like that, those little things are what, for, for me anyway, th this is what sticks in people's minds. And, you know, when I, when I get these, these emails from people saying, you know, I love this such and such a story, it's often because we've, we've taken the time to actually put in that little bit of extra creativity, which just brings it, mm. brings it, uh, it gives, brings it into a slightly new dimension. And what am I, what am I, what am I big, pet peeves with the world of graded readers, which is a lot of what I, I, I work in, is that yeah. they're so damn boring. And people oh my God. Just take <sighs> these, um, I don't know what, I don't know, it just seems so, it always seems so obvious to me that if, you know, if, you, if you're Penguin or, you're, or, or Oxford or whoever else makes these graded readers, you know, what, why is it always 200 year old stories that are out of copyright that you, that you just kind of rehash with a really old looking, pencil drawing on, on the front. I mean, why not make it modern and interesting? It just seems like the obvious, mm. most obvious thing in the world to me. Um, but, and so I think what, when, when people who do the, the sort of things that we do actually put this kind of love and, and, it's, and it's obviously been thought through and there's been like, the, there's been care and attention that's gone into the creation of this. Mm. Readers really appreciate it. You know, my like one of my my big theories with with language learning is that you need to like motivation is your your biggest motiv motivation and enthusiasm are your biggest currencies. You know, you don't want to you don't want to waste that. And if we're, as we're creating resources for language learners, we need to help keep them. You know, with this motivation going on. Oh, my words have just abandoned me. It's after dinner. Um, so we need to keep that motivation going. And you can't do that if the story is boring. If you're reading a boring story, you're just going to tune out. You are just going to, you know, give up. You're not going to want to listen to it over and over again or read it over and over again. It's boring. Um, so this is part of the reason why I try to make the stories entertaining and engaging and, and funny and the kind of thing that you will want to listen to over and over again without wanting to, you know, like put your head in a microwave, which is not functioning kind of thing. Um, yeah, or dishwasher. Yeah, and, and, and do put that love into it. Like I... I get people asking me when I'm going to put out more stories, more stories, more stories. And I don't know if they realize how long it takes me to make each one because I am putting uh, so much, so much love and attention into each one. Each one's like this little, little nugget of art. If I, I don't know, makes me sound. Are you writing the stories yourself at this stage? So I, I work with, um, I work with writers. I work with a linguist. Um, it often, it's kind of like a, a collaborative effort um it's really frustrating for my writers because they'll they'll produce something and then i'll like completely rewrite it myself and then send it back to them and say okay now make this good for language learners again um poor writers but yeah i do a lot of the the writing myself they'll, they'll give me something and i'll be like how about we do this how about we do that how about we you know tweak this or make this person say this thing or all that kind of stuff yeah frustrating yeah. And, and, and tell me about these illustrations because one of the things that I love about your websites is that they look so beautiful and I just want to kind yeah, of just yeah. I just want to kind of just you know just hug these websites because they look so nice <laughs> and so I mean so from a tell me about the illustrations and 
because you mentioned before that you were doing illustrations yourself. So it's, tell, tell me, do you do them yourself? Has it always been that, that way? I mean, do you work with designers now? Tell me how that's, how that's worked out. Uh, it's, it's always been me doing the illustrations. So I, I have a background in, in graphic design. And one of the components that we did in graphic design was we had to illustrate this children's book. And I discovered that I was actually quite, quite good at that. And I've always been good at like drawing and stuff but I've never really taken it seriously because I was you know I was doing geography and history and I don't know things like that at school um and when it came to these stories I knew that I needed some pictures um I tried to get illustrators on board but I, I just keep running into problems with you know like copyright and you know what exactly I could do with that content afterwards so I was like oh blow I'll just do it myself um so you can see the <laughs> progression of my illustration skills if you're, if you're eagle-eyed uh, I think I started with Hansel and Gretel, and my most recent one would be the uh, the bird and the whale, which I just recently refreshed. But you can it's it's really satisfying for me because it's something that I love doing, and I get to do it now, uh, even though I'm not you know an official proper illustrator. I get to I get to do it for myself. I've essentially made a job for myself doing this. So yeah, I really enjoy that. That's fantastic, and I also think it's wonderful that you're that you've kind of retained this creative element in in what you do. One of the challenges that I've had is as um as, as my my business has grown is that i've i've kind of gone through these um these these, these phases of yeah as we as we do because we do we do we tend to do far too much stuff all the time we're always kind of putting out new books and courses and programs and things like that and over time my, my kind of role is you know because i started off just with a blog i just i started my blog in 2013 mm. and i just wrote blog posts about my ideas on language learning and it was always that creativity that I most valued that's why I started it in the first place but as time has gone on and we've we've you know kind of built a team of people who now do everything far better than I could do I've I've kind of mm. become further and further removed from the from the from the creative aspect and yeah that's a bit of a problem for me because that's the thing that I really thrive on and that's what gives me energy so I think it's fantastic that you've that you're that you're still so in touch with that element of, of, of the of what you're doing I feel like that's the that's the, the struggle that I'm kind of wrestling with at the moment as, as the fable cottage becomes more and more popular there's there's more demand for more stories and I'm you know pushing trying to push them out but it's really just me doing you know the writing and, and there's lots of backwards and forwards and then drawing all the pictures and doing all the animation I am the massive roadblock so it becomes a decision whether I want this to be you know like a big a big enterprise a big business and, and grow that way or whether I want it to be like my art the thing that brings meaning into my life and and is just a joy for me to do it's kind of like you know, can you find a balance I don't know um so yeah I don't I'm I haven't yet outsourced the things that I really enjoy I've made a list of the things that I can outsource and push those things away um but I think the the writing and the illustration and stuff are the ones that I'm going to keep because I just freaking love it it is, it is a big a big consideration for, for 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 content creators, I think, because 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 it does have a very big impact on on you psychologically once you once you as your role changes and you, and you know everything. I, I really believe that everything becomes a job in the end, you know, and and so so for us to you know you can you can have a a small business, you can have a big business, like you know you can do anything you want, you can create anything you want. Um, but I think, you know, I, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot recently is that, you know, life's really too short to be, to not be spending the time doing the stuff that you really want to do. There's a great the book. the things you love, Oliver. 
yeah do the yeah. things you love absolutely and, and that's actually one of the reasons i've started um i've started doing youtube again recently because i've, I've never really taken much I've never really taken YouTube very seriously, but I've been, I, I just, I just re- had this realization that if I'm not actively creating content about language learning, then I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing good work. So mm-hmm. I've got to be spending my time making YouTube videos because it just gives me this outlet to talk, to just talk about the things I want to talk about. And mm. I know it's not the best use of my time really, but I just, I like it and I enjoy it and it makes me feel fulfilled. So, um, so, you know, I'm very happy to do it, but there's a great book I'd recommend, um, for anybody who's 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 in this in this particular in this situation or wondering about these things you know perhaps you know, freelancers who are wondering whether they should try and, and, and grow um what they're doing to something bigger it's called the company of one by paul jarvis and um it talks about exactly this it talks about how in our society we've got this this kind of we're always being told to just to grow and to scale and mm. and there's a kind of it, it, it's our human nature is always to to want more and to find safety and security in, in, in growth, because it comes back, you know, goes back to the days when we were all where, you know, safety in numbers on the Serengeti against all the lions and stuff like that. You know, we are hardwired to want to continue to grow, uh, except that now in the, in the, in the, in the modern world, growth doesn't mean the same thing as it meant, uh, you know, 10,000 years ago. And so the, the whole thrust of the book is that actually you can be this company of one, as he calls it. And be completely satisfied and content with a, a with something that's on the smaller side, mm. and and actually be, and then define your your own success to be that, and and his argument is that it makes for a much happier, more uh, more relaxed life. And I and I you know I, I have to say I'm I kind of I, I buy into that. Yeah, I think I'd buy into that as well. It's it's what is success for you? What does it mean? You know, how will you know when you're successful? Um, if that just means that you have enough to eat and you're doing things that really satisfy you and bring bring you joy and you know make you a good citizen and things like that, then then that's success. You don't need to be big. This I'm, is um, just what I'm going to go and tell my advisors after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is this this um not to get too far away from language learning, obviously, but this is this is also a a, right. um, a big um a topic that's, that's important for people because I think with the with the internet and with YouTube and things like that it's very easy for people to compare themselves to others who are learning all these languages just mm. the, the other day I released a video uh, a tribute to a, a polyglot called Moses McCormack who, um, who who passed away recently and he spoke over 50 languages you know absolute genius um, but one of the kind of conclusions from from that was that you don't have to learn 50 languages you can just learn one language and be and be perfectly happy with that. And it's so I think it's so important for us to to understand what languages mean for us in our lives, and what um, you know why we're learning, and to really try hard not to compare ourselves with uh, with other people. Yeah, I think this the motivation for learning a language. You really need to figure out what is your motivation. Do you just want to be able to chat with your friends and your neighbors, talk with the neighbors kid about Minecraft? I don't know that kind of stuff. Or do you want to be perfect? And if you just want to be able to you know, chat with your, your mates and stuff, then you might not need to know all the, the teeny tiny nitty gritty. You just need to be able to bash it out um, and be understood and enjoy it and get out there and use it and don't just get hung up on on trying to refine things endlessly. You don't need to be big. You just need to be satisfied and enjoy it, yeah, I in, think. In, indeed. What are some of the ways, <clears throat> taking it right back to, to, to stories here, because um, I, I really love the fact that 
on, on, your, on, your, on your websites, you have not only great stories, but also fantastic illustration, but also the audio that comes with that as well. And it's kind of a complete package of, of things. Mm-hmm. Um, which... We have video now too. Ooh, yep. Oh, right. Okay. For, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so even, even like another, a whole other dimension to it, because this makes it so, um, so much, just so much more engaging on different levels and to people with different learning styles as well. So mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that people can, can work with the stories that you have in order to help them learn their languages? Well, the great thing about having the, the text and the translations and the audio and the video is that it means you can use it kind of regardless of what your, your level is. So a way that I recommend, particularly if you're you're quite new to the language, is just to listen okay first step first step take it right back become familiar with the story that you're going to be learning so we've got english versions of our stories on the website that you can read through you can watch the video you can listen to the audio get really familiar with the story and i know it's going to be like spoilers but when you come to listen to the the audio in the the target language you're you're going to know what's going on and this is basically how i how I use them because I will listen to the stories hundreds of times while I'm editing the audio or while I'm putting together the video and I'm doing this without looking at the text of the the story at all and so I listen to the story over and over and over again and I kind of internalize these these words and and I know exactly what is going on even if I don't necessarily know every single word and then I come to um, put the subtitles in or put the text into the page and I'm suddenly looking at the words. I'm like, oh, oh, that's how that's written. Oh, that's how that's spelled. Oh, French. Wow, that's so much more letters than I was expecting. Um, <laughs> and I think because I've listened to the story and I know the story so well, it, it, it makes it a lot easier to understand the text when it comes along and it's not you know, so awkward. It also, I think, helps with my pronunciation because I haven't been looking at the text. I haven't like internalized this english expectation of how it's going to be pronounced um which will then like mutilate my pronunciation when i when i actually come to do it so i've kind of yeah internalized the the french or the spanish or the german or whatever um so yeah i recommend listening or watching the video without the text if you're quite new um if you have a, a bit more language under your belt or once you've done that, then you can read it with the text. You can use the little translations that are underneath if you need explanation, but you'll probably understand what is going on anyway. Um, and it, it's kind of just, you'll be able to follow through the story. It's fantastic for your motivation and your enthusiasticness. No, what's the word? Enthusiasm, that's the word. Um, because you'll feel like a hero. You will understand this this whole story, even though you you in any other context, you might not understand all the words, but it's just really great for building up your your confidence. Um, if you've got a bit more of the language under your belt, you can of course, you know, read the texts like through extensive reading. Um, you could try to, you know, listen to the audio and figure, you know, you can, you can use it any way you want, but there's just so many different ways you can use the, the material because we've provided all those different ways of consuming it. So, what do you, what do you, for you, what are the, the the key ways that these stories will be used at different levels? And what what are the what what are the what are the key things to bear in mind if someone's coming at a story at at a beginner level or at a more advanced level? Um, I think if you're coming at it from a beginner level, understand that you're not going to understand all the words and have that mindset in place and just focus on 
um, listening to the pronunciation, the, the cadence of the language, you'll probably pick up a few words and phrases. You'll feel like a hero. It'll be great. Um, being if happy you're with, more uh, advanced, being happy with okay. that without, without complete understanding then. Happy with... Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... The thing is, you will, you'll, because they're familiar fairy tales, you'll probably understand the general gist of what is going on. Um, it's just about enjoying it, getting through it, and, and enjoying the story, and possibly doing it multiple times as well, I recommend. Um, if you are more advanced, you'll probably want to read it through, find things that you don't quite understand, go off and research those. One thing that I find quite useful, even if you're not like approaching if you're not super, okay, so if you're super diligent, what you'll do is you'll go through the story, you'll find things that you don't understand, you'll go off and research that thing, come back to the story, okay, it makes sense, sweet. If you're not super diligent and motivated like that, you will still be exposed to language and constructions that you, you haven't seen before. When you come to do a, a, a lesson or um, I don't know, learn about that stuff in some other place, it will have meaning for you that it wouldn't have had otherwise. I find that learning the grammar stuff in a vacuum doesn't work for me but if I've already seen that material in a story I'm suddenly a bit more curious it has more like real world application for me does that make sense I feel like I'm no it, it, I mean another way another way another way to put that I think is is that that, that stories what they do is they they let you see how what, what stories what, what learning with stories does is it gives you the ability to to learn grammar in a different order and learn grammar after the fact so you can you can mm. read something, get curious about what grammar is, and then go and look it up as you need it. Almost like just exactly. in, just in oh time learning, you know, as opposed to the way that yeah. most traditional language learning programs work, which is hey, let's learn every single grammar point one by one, and then later we'll yeah. figure out, we'll see how it how it how it's actually used. And I feel like that's how some people approach language, and they feel like they can't dive into the language properly until they understand all the rules because they just they just won't get it but i think you should just dive in first and then you'll have all this curiosity to, to fuel your research and your study later and it'll all have just so much more meaning for you than it would otherwise yeah. indeed yeah well these are words of wisdom that the listeners of this podcast will be uh, will need no convincing about um, whatsoever so uh, it's been it's been an absolute joy to 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 speak with you and to find out more about um, more about you and about your 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 prolific um, your prolific work. So we're going to tell people where to where to find out more about what you've got. So we're going to give a long list of websites. I think. So would you like to direct people to fantastic? Where should people go to to to, to check out what you've been up to? Well, I think you should start with the best first, which would be thefablecottage.com. Mm. That is, that is the one that I'm currently working on. Um, my other language websites, uh, the very, very first one, you can, you can even hear the, the audio recorded by my lovely Belgian friend, and it's, it's very precise glory, um, is thefrenchexperiment.com. Um, we have the italianexperiment.com. We have the spanishexperiment.com. And we have the germanproject.com. Wonderful. Are, are you uh, a social media person at all? If people want to connect with you, is there a way for them to do that? Um, you can follow the Fable Cottage on Facebook, but I'm no, I'm not very prolific with my social media. I'm afraid. You're uh, ha happy in the background. I think that's a it's a good place uh, to I'm be. An judging, by the, judging by the uh, <laughs> the volume of my inbox and the number of unread messages, I, I'd, I'd probably quite like to trade with you. So. Um, uh. 
Yeah, well, listen, thank you so much. And we'll have to have you back on again next time, maybe for the Chinese project and the uh, oh, my Japanese goodness. experiments that or whatever. Whenever has it has actually started, but anyway, we won't talk about oh, that. All right, lovely okay. to be here, Ollie. Thank you, for, thank you for chatting. Thanks so much. You know, on this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about quite advanced concepts and ideas in language learning. But I also have a series of courses which are for beginners. Because actually, more often than not, people come to me and say, look, Ollie, I just want to learn this new language as a complete beginner. I want to learn Spanish or learn Japanese or learn French. You know, what do you have for me? And this is why over the last few years or so, I've been developing out this series of courses, which... You know, I, everyone claims their method is the best, right? So all I'm going to say about these courses is that I've created th these courses the way that I would like to learn a new language myself if I were starting out from the beginning. So, you know, it's it's my thing. It's my <laughs> it's what I recommend. That's as much as I can say about them. The special thing about these courses, the unique thing, is that you learn through story. So, you know, I don't go in for any of these kind of technology gimmicks and apps and flashing lights and funny noises and things like that. I teach you through story. So right from day one, I get you reading a story in the language. You're reading, you're listening, right from the beginning, even when you don't understand very much. And then I come in and teach you through these video lessons. I help you uncover the language from the pages of the story, which is why these, course, these courses are called Uncovered Courses. Spanish Uncovered, Japanese Uncovered, Italian Uncovered. It really is a way to learn the language to a very deep level. You won't get the same instant gratification that you get from Duolingo, but what you will get is a solid foundation and thorough education in the language that is gonna give you all the groundwork you need to go on to become fluent in the language. If you'd like to find out more about these, simply head over to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and look for the courses option in the menu bar. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on courses in the menu bar. That will show you all the different uh, beginner courses that we have uh, in all the various different languages. Once again, that is IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on courses in the menu bar.